Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. Well, good morning, Grace Community. Good to see you. I want to say hello to everyone joining us online, uh, too. We're excited to be with you. Calvin is there, ready to pray for you. Uh, say hello. He loves to know who's out there, and uh, we love that you're joining us as well. You ever um, go up to Delta and see one of those uh, sandhill cranes uh, up in that area? Um, they're beautiful, amazing uh, animal, amazing bird, and uh, kind of reminds me of you, just like uh, something just so beautiful, so well-made. In fact, um, did you know that you are the masterpiece of God's creation? That like you're his Sistine Chapel, you're his David uh, that Michelangelo made, you know, that, that you're the top and, and you're, uh, you're amazing and you're fearfully and wonderfully made. But another thing, when I go up there um, to Duck Hut, sometimes I'll go out on that uh, open space there. Won't get any ducks because all the ducks know not to land there because there's so many hunters. But uh, you'll see these sandhill cranes and there's just, there's thousands of them. And it's so amazing. You'll get there when it's dark and the, the sun will come up and then they'll all just start taking flight and, the, and they'll just darken the sky. And it's so beautiful seeing them all together. And that reminds me of us, that uh, when we're all together, when we're all doing our thing, it's really, really beautiful. It's kind of like a, like a butterfly. A butterfly is uh, beautiful by itself, but a swarm of beautiful butterflies I mean, it's amazing, like if you go hiking near a Witterhorn Basin, uh, there's a time during the season there where you're just like, they're everywhere, and they're just gorgeous, and all of them together are more beautiful than just one. And that's uh, really the church. And there, there's a number of people who uh, have said, well, my church is a meadow, my church is a field, it's the mountains, and, and you know, you can worship, and I find God when I'm hiking and backpacking, and I find God up in the mountains, and I'll find him in nature, and I'll worship him, and I'll talk to him, but actually, that's not the church. If you look at uh, the Greek word for church, it's ekklesia, and that word means gathering. That, that word actually means assembly. So you actually can't have church by yourself. You can't be church, and you can worship by yourself, but you can't be church by yourself. We're actually intended to do this together. And when we do it together, it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's amazing. It's like a swarm of butterflies. Now I understand that sometimes the church looks more like a swarm of cockroaches. I know that. I know sometimes we come down like, what are we doing? And it's when we get on the wrong focus and the wrong mission and we forget about unity. You know, I often, as before services, I just pray over these seats and I pray, Lord, bring love and just help us because love covers a multitude of sins. Bring unity, help us be united, help us to be beautiful, help us to be who we're supposed to be. And I wanna bring you to Ephesians chapter three, verse 10. If you want to open your Bible there, Paul talks a little bit about the church. And he says, God's intent, in Ephesians 3.10, God's intent was that now, through the church, through the ecclesia, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purposes, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. 
Now, of course, the wisdom that God wants to bring forward is the wisdom of salvation, the mystery of salvation, that all along he had a plan for our sin. But do you see how he brings it forward? Was that now through the church, through us, through our gathering, through us being together, and did you see who the wisdom is, is put on and, and shown to? To let the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. That actually you are part of his display. That we together, the church working together, doing what we're supposed to do, be doing, is actually showing God's beauty and wisdom to spiritual forces, not just this world. And then he says God's manifold wisdom. Now what does that word manifold mean? So you know an exhaust manifold? Well, what does that do? It takes a bunch of different tubes and brings it into one, right? Manifold means very many. There's all these different aspects of God's wisdom. And see, this is what we have. is right over here. You are an expression of God's wisdom and you're an expression of God's wisdom and you are, and here's another piece of it and here's another aspect of it and here's another aspect of it and we all work together and we're like a beautiful swarm of butterflies just showing his light and his grace and who he is in different ways. I mean, look around right now. Where else would we come together? I mean, we've got white people and brown people and we've got old people and young people and we've got rich people and poor people here and we've got cool people and we've got nerds and we're all here together. Where else would we come together? Showing this amazing expression, this manifold of God's wisdom together. Where else would that take place? See, because we are the church. We are the ecclesia. We are the gathering. And so this week is actually unlike any other week. And uh, it's called the state of grace. And um, if you prefer preaching, come back next week. I can't wait to preach on this. Can't wait to preach on overflowing. But actually, part of our bylaws uh, has that we come forward and I give you a little bit of details of what happened last year. We have a little business meeting here. So Family of Grace um, wanted to let you know uh, where things are. If you're new here, here's a chance for you, just for you to kind of peer in of like, well, what are these people doing? And to understand what God has been doing in the last year. So we're doing a little recap here. And I guess uh, the bottom line is I would say, I think you were beautiful. Last year, you were more, much, much more like butterflies than cockroaches. So good job. And yeah, okay, we <laughs> could clap about that. And so we've got some, uh, some good things to share. So first of all, um, we'll go through, the, um, one of the slides that we need to talk about is our financial report. So I wanna show you a little bit of what happened um, here. So this is, uh, this is last year, and uh, this is uh, this year right now. And um, the actual pie right here um, is bigger than this pie, about 13% bigger. So this is everything that went out of the church this last year, okay? And um, you'll see that these percentages Percentages, though, uh, are less, and um, there's actually more dollars spent here than here, um, but the percentages are different, mostly because of this one right here. So if you look at this uh, mortgage CapEx facilities there, uh, you'll see that it's 10% higher than last year, and that really is because um, you gave uh, an additional uh, $300,000 that we spent to buy the property uh, to the north of us, the lane property there. And so that, that's where that is uh, showing up there. And so it's skewing all these other numbers here in percentages. And also um, through abundance, we were able to give 
uh, or to invest um, an additional $60,000 in our mortgage in this building right there, uh, just in addition to our regular payments. So when I came here, I think we owed about $2.7 million on this building, and now it's down to a little less than $1.2. So we're uh, aggressively, the council's been aggressively going after that and, and chasing that down. Uh, so that's kind of what happened there. And speaking of building, um, so people, maybe you've been asking like, well, what are we going to do with that property over there? And uh, the answer is, uh, we're not sure yet. Um, what we are doing right now is we're working on a master plan. And uh, Ken Lentz is leading us in that. And it's been um, pretty exciting to me. I, I love the idea and the approach that he's been pushing us for, which is, you know, we can't even do anything over there for the next couple of years because of our lease agreement with Mr. Lane, uh, the previous owner. Um, so we're talking about, well, it's not just what's the new fun thing we're going to build. It's how do we make the most of everything that we have right now? How do we maximize these facilities as well? So this year, we're going to be looking at um, some little improvements over in Grace Kids for classrooms and things like that and using that space well because our, our children's ministry is full. I mean, it, it has as many kids now as it had before COVID and it's moving forward in a big way. And so then we're also talking about our youth center. And so if you've ever been to our youth center, which is just right that way, um, it's, uh, it's not big enough. Uh, it cannot, we have 128 kids coming here during the weekend and they can't, they don't fit. And so they actually, our youth ministry meets in here. And so here's one thing that I'm going to take to our council and talk a little bit over. I'm not saying we're going to do this because we've got to figure out costs and everything else. But um, one possible option of making the most of this facility is to build another couple bays that are exactly like the one that's there for the youth ministry and make it three times as big. And that may be the most effective way to use what we already have. So we want to make sure that we're utilizing this space uh, before we just go start building new space. So that's kind of where things are at. And then you might also wonder, uh, we've given an, um, some resources, uh, you have given resources for the Delta building. And I want you to know that we're still holding those and we're adding to them as we go on. And um, we're getting to a point, I think this year may be the year where it's really time to, to stop renting where we are and start buying where we are because rent is going up every year. And it's to the point right now where really the payment would be the same as purchasing it as far as I could tell. Uh, we got to look at that a little deeper and it's going to, but soon it's going to make more sense to buy it over there. And uh, we have about, uh, between the two campuses, about $350,000 saved for that purchase, plus another plot of land that we've already bought there for a possible building site. And if we sell that, uh, we could have about a half a million dollars where we could invest in that church and start building and, and per or just purchasing over there. So that's kind of where all that is uh, coming together. So another piece that I wanted to talk about here is this, um, uh, well, we'll look at outreach ministry. So that one actually has grown um, percentage-wise and dollar-wise. And uh, so this is all the things where we just uh, try to make a difference and uh, we'll do events and we'll do uh, uh, little things, Love the Western Slope and, and other ways to, to reach out to our community and our ministries like children's ministry, youth ministry. And one of the main reasons it's grown is because something happened in 2020 that kind of slowed ministry down a little bit. And um, so we weren't able to have camp and we weren't able to do a lot of the ministries. And so that's just showing that it's ramping back up and we're moving forward in that. Um, another piece here, um, this is uh, down in dollars and it's down in percentage, but I want to help you understand that just a little bit here. Um, so we uh, give 10% uh, of all the uh, non-designated funds that come in uh, go out to our denomination, and which actually it's, uh, represents about half 
of this 11% because designated funds, we don't tithe off of that. So uh, this um, went down in terms of what we, this is all money that goes to our missions, it goes to benevolence, that we just give away to other ministries and the rest. And uh, about half of that uh, went to, to that and half of it went to tithe. Now, one of the reasons it's down is because if you remember over here, um, our council said during this COVID crisis, we're just going to give, 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 and give. So there's about $100,000 that you gave uh, to various organizations and various efforts that were just COVID-related and COVID-focused. And so that didn't happen this year. But this, uh, the rest of that money, if you take the COVID money out of here, we actually gave quite a bit. I'd say about $120,000 last year to missions and to uh, outreach and just giving it away to other people. So this uh, actually grew once you take uh, the COVID money out of there. So, uh, but my favorite part of that, which I love to talk about every year, is what we call the storehouse solution. And so what happens is anytime that you give more than we've budgeted and we stay on budget, we call that our abundance. And we put some of that to debt, which you already heard about. And uh, we put some of that to uh, CapEx and some new ventures and uh, to building. But a lot, a big portion of it goes to what we call the storehouse. And the storehouse is where we just find places that we don't normally give and we give it away. And so here's a list of some of the things that the, the storehouse went to. Um, for example, and I'll just go through a couple of them. Um, there was a new church that started in Montrose and we're like, hey, let us help you with your audio equipment. So you were able uh, to do that. Um, so gave to, a, uh, this was one that we gave quite a bit to in uh, different nations. Uh, so we uh, have had some uh, supply interruptions, but um, across the world, uh, the supply chain has really been affected by COVID. And so there's been a number of pastors that are like, we need food, we are in trouble. And so we've been able to give uh, food relief to a number of different nations uh, that way. And then um, here's one I'm excited about, Grace Delta. Uh, Montrose already has a housing assistance program where people come in and if you need help with utilities or mortgage or, or you know, we help people as much as we can there. Well, Delta, there's no church that does that. And so uh, this campus gave seed money to get that started. And now there's a housing assistance program in uh, Delta. And then some ones we've already talked about, uh, we were able to send up, put up coffee trucks uh, to just bless the people, the hospitals, to thank them, uh, both in Delta and Montrose for their work. Sent out some uh, gift baskets to every school, uh, private or public in Delta, Montrose, and Olathe, and um, gift baskets to law enforcement. Uh, we just did that recently in Delta, Montrose, um, and Ray as well actually went out there excited about another one we're going to do this month um, we're going to give gift baskets to every nursing home in Montrose uh, to the staff there um, so I actually I don't know if you know this but I was a CNA certified nurse assistant in college and it's a horrible job I'm sorry I, it, it is so so hard now it's a beautiful job and I love you and I respect you but it, they work hard and um, they've had some really, really difficult things that they've had to face. And we're thinking, you know, the hospital gets a lot of love and, and they deserve it. Um, but we kind of forgot and we forget about those CNAs who are caring for people. And so uh, we're going to correct that uh, this uh, year. We're going to make sure that they understand how much we love them. And so then, uh, then there's some other additional efforts that we do every year. I think there's about three to $4,000 uh, that you gave this year uh, to share the gift. And what that is, 
is when people can't afford Christmas presents, uh, we help them do that. And uh, we've changed the way we did this in recent years. A number of years ago, what we would do is we would give you a list and we'd say, okay, buy all these presents, kind of like Angel Tree, you know, buy these presents and then go deliver them to that family. Um, and that's great, but, but the way that we're doing it now is that we say, okay, help us with gift cards. And we take the gift card and we give it to mom or we give it to dad. And you know why I like that? Is because it, the old way you and I were the heroes, the new way mom and dad are the heroes. And so you make mom and dad the hero, able to shop for their own kids and empowering them to do that. So that, that's been pretty fun. I like how Calvin uh, changed that. I'll give you about 100 turkey baskets uh, again. And then, of course, we always do benevolence every month. Um, I wanted to mention the mobile food relief where... Uh, if you remember at the beginning of the year last year, this is where we go and we deliver food uh, to families in need every Wednesday uh, through that trailer out there. It's got fridges and freezers and things like that in it. And so as uh, last, this started in 2020 on a grant, actually a COVID grant. And um, if you remember, I said, oh, the, the grant has run out. Will you help us keep going? Well, you did. And so it's funded for this whole next year. And uh, so about $1,000 a month in food goes out and will continue to go out because of your, uh, your generosity. And then, of course, we give to missions and uh, local organizations as well. So, you know, I guess my big uh, point, uh, the big uh, thing I would say about all of that is just um, thank you. Thank you for investing. Thank you for believing. Thank you for giving. Um, I love the Storehouse Solution because it is really, really fun to be generous. And you enabled me to do that. It's even more fun to be generous with other people's money. And so I've really had a blast. Like, yeah, we'll give it away. And it's been, uh, it's been powerful and it's been fun. And so I wanted to thank you. And I also wanted to thank uh, Leanne, our operations director, thank the elders and thank the council for just their good stewardship. Uh, that has allowed us to do that, to be generous and to show God's uh, love in that way. All right, so that's enough of that one. Now let's talk a little bit about attendance. And so if you wanna bring that one up, so this is our average weekly attendance. And we'll start here with this blue line. And so you'll see that it was kind of growing, uh, steady growing a little bit. And then something happened in 2020 where it, uh, it sunk down a little bit there. And um, so of course, uh, we weren't able to meet for a good uh, portion there. And it cut down about half, half as much of people coming actually to the Montrose campus in 2020. Now it's actually started to come back again. In fact, in these last two, three months, um, it's been growing quite a bit. Not quite back to where we were here, but uh, certainly it seems like we're on that trajectory. In fact, Christmas Eve, I think we had... Uh, 1,940 people or something like that that came for Christmas Eve, which is uh, pretty significant for Christmas for us. So um, that's moving that way. Children's ministry is back to normal, as I said. Delta is, uh, they took a dip here, but uh, you'll see that they came back to just right about where they were before uh, COVID hit there too. So it's fun to see that taking place. But I wanted to point out this little orange bar right here. And that's where we started streaming. That's where we started online church. And we did that actually for other campuses. We didn't have an idea of online church. That was never really a, a goal or a value for us. Um, but God took it in a different direction. And right here, um, it was so important to us, if you remember, that we had online church. And that's how we stayed connected and how we kept going there. In fact, more people came to online church then than came to uh, the church here in the building. And then um, this little thing has actually grown. There's about 700 people a week right now who join us online. Now, it's not, it's not more than who come to church anymore. And I think we'll continue to see that uh, change in the future. But um, I don't know, you know, I was just thinking about how like, 
Um, if you're a business owner or you're trying to start a ministry, how important it is to be flexible into trying new things and do new things. And I have to admit, so if we look up at all this stuff above the blue line, that is where most of my pain has come from. <laughs> it's where most of my bad decisions have been made. Uh, most of my mistakes, I mean, I've, I've made plenty of mistakes down here too, but I, I've made a lot of mistakes up in here, just trying new things. And uh, I, I, you know, that's where it's really, really been difficult. But I think it's so important for us to say, okay, we're, we're ready. We'll try something new, Lord. You know, we're not just gonna rest on what we've always done. And if you want to take us someplace different, if you want to do it in a new way, yes. And it's, you never know what's going to happen. You never know how God is going to use these things and uh, make it an important part of who you are in the future. So this uh, URA KOA, for example, it, it stopped in 2020. Um, one, because of uh, COVID, we weren't allowed to, to meet at the 4-H Center anymore. And then also we had some leadership struggles there. And so it came back, and, uh, but it's changed. It's not here, it was more like a church, and now it's more like an outreach. And so we've been meeting at the uh, KOA campground there. But one thing I'm really excited about is we're like, okay, well, this is a, this is a pond that people aren't fishing in. And so this month, we're actually starting to do outreach over, it used to be called Jellystone, uh, up towards Kelowna there. There's another KOA, another campground there. I think it's called the Meadows of San Juan. And uh, they've invited us to start doing services there. And so I've got this idea of like, well, you know, people come from all over the world to be here and they come hang out at our campgrounds. And so why not? do church at, like we do Extending Grace, we're at different mobile home parks doing church at five different mobile home parks in Montrose. Why not be at a bunch of different campgrounds just doing ministry there? And then, you know, we could infect them with the gospel and then they go out and infect the world with Jesus Christ. And so I'm kind of excited about it. It's just a pond nobody else is fishing in and it's a new way. We'll see what happens, but we're gonna give it a try. And you know, one of the things that we'll say around here is we'll do anything short of sin. We're not gonna sin, but anything else we will do. Uh, to see the gospel go forward, to see people grow in Jesus. Uh, so that's the, uh, that's the story um, there on attendance. So, oh, and also I am still praying for Gunnison. I, I mean, that's another place where I would really like praying that God will bring us a pastor and a leader. I think that we could see a strong, grace-centered, Bible-focused uh, church there and I think that we could see God do a lot of work. So um, let's check out our next uh, slide here. And I just thought this was important for you to see. So um, this is youth ministry, and we call them unique because they're teenagers. That's why, that, that's actually what that means is um, it, it's, it's one, a kid is only counted once. So you see that, I mean, we've really almost doubled here in the last couple of years. And there's about 128 unique students who come to youth ministry throughout the week. And so what unique means is if a kid goes to Jim's diner and then they go over there to the prayer time and then they also come here on Wednesday, that's one kid. We don't count that kid three times. And so there's 128 kids doing uh, connected every week in some way. Now, the thing that I want, I don't want you to lose here is that every single one of those is a story. Every single one of those numbers there matters. And, and I've heard stories. I was just talking to a friend the other day of how you know, my kids didn't have a lot of Christian friends, and now they do. And they've been coming, and, and I'm just so excited to see that happen. I've heard, you gotta know, guys, there's stories of some serious pain with our teenagers here. 
Sarah does an amazing job of ministering to that. But there, there's families that are just broken and kids who are broken and kids who are in trouble and they come here and they find life and they find solace and they find hope in the midst of it. So understand that every single one of those kids is a story that's precious to God and uh, kids who uh, are some in pain, some who are just being discipled and growing forward. Okay, speaking of stories, let's bring up uh, just this uh, last slide here. And so this is our, um, these are just salvations. And I think it's important that we always look at this and remember uh, what we're trying to do here. So uh, you'll see that in 2020 salvations, uh, we didn't see as many of those. Um, But then this year we saw 260 people say that they want to give their lives to Jesus, which I think is pretty exciting. I think, uh, yeah, I think we should clap about that. So... Um, and uh, the other thing that I think is really cool is you see the baptisms here is usually, you know, it's just a fraction of those who say that they want to come to Jesus. Well, we're moving up more towards like half the people, 104 people got baptized. And so that's really exciting to me because there's a, a kind of depth that comes there when you're willing to move forward into baptism. And so over the last decade or so, uh, through your work and service and through what God has been doing, uh, we've seen about 3,000 people give their lives to Jesus through the ministry of grace. Now that's like 15% of the city. I know that they don't all live here still and I know people come and go, but that's an impact. And I want you to understand that you are making an impact uh, for the kingdom of God. But I wanna um, tell you another exciting part about this. And this is probably the part that I'm most excited about with that number and it's all pretty exciting. But of that 260, 32 of them are people that you came to me and said, hey, Carl, I got my one. Now, if you remember what that was, is at the beginning of the year, we said, okay, we really think that each one needs to reach one here. That every single one of us needs to lead somebody to Jesus. And those are just people who came and told me, Carl, I led someone to Jesus. And so uh, that's the, you know, part of that bar there is part that we've never really focused on before. But you went out and you did it. And it's powerful and it's exciting to me to see you taking responsibility and uh, to see those uh, ones getting got. And so, you know, Jesus actually, he didn't come last year. And so what that means is if you didn't get your one, he gave you an extension. And so this next year, I want to encourage you, um, each one of us can reach one. And each one of us can lead someone to Jesus. And we're doing it through prayer, care, and share. And all that means is every person you know, anyone that God puts on your heart, pray for them. That's where it starts. Lord, just start praying that God would would touch their hearts, would open doors, and that would give you an opportunity. And then care is just show ways to be loving. Show ways to be kind. Invite them into your life. And then share is look for a way to share the gospel with people. And you've done it. And I'm excited about it, and it's powerful. And so this really kind of brings me to the big news of the year. This is the the big thing that I I just wanted when I look back on our year last year. If you remember uh, this time last year, what I said, uh, the heroes, if you remember, if you were here, I said the heroes really of 2020 were the council. And if you remember what they did, it's like I was all freaking out, and they're like, nope, we're going to give more money away. Uh, we're not going to hoard. We're not going to hide. That we're, no, we're not going to take government loans. No, we're, we're just, we're not going to cut salaries. We're just going to go, go, go. We're going to trust. And God came through. And I was like, wow, I'm so glad we had the council that we did. But this year, this year, the heroes really, in my, my heart, I, I believe that the heroes is you. And if you remember at the beginning of the year, I said, ministry's not really going to happen as much up here, but it's got to happen out there. 
And that's what's taking place. It's been exciting watching this church transform, that we really are being the ecclesia. We're being the gathering, the assembly. We're, we're, all, we're like a swarm of beautiful butterflies going out there doing what we're supposed to do, doing what we're called to do. And so you've been leading people to Jesus and you've been taking responsibility for ministry and you've been stepping up, like even just like small groups. And I don't know if you remember, but last year I said, you know, we can't do it up here. We got to get in homes. We got to get connected. We have to be ready because we don't know what the future holds. And so we had uh, at the beginning of that year about 220 people in small groups. And right now we've got about 460 people in small groups. So you rallied and we're seeing discipleship rise and we're seeing the church just own, own the mission and own the ministry. And, um, you know, we've seen like in Grace Kids, uh, the first time I have ever heard these words ever in my life that I've heard these words come out of a children's pastor's mouth and they came out of Sarah's mouth which says we are fully staffed with volunteers with our dream team now I don't know if I should say that because we want people to keep helping there but I mean that that's you stepping up and seeing you stepping up in youth ministry and, and touching lives there and it's just so exciting to me and I'll tell you what this this year has been hard um, there's been hurt and there's been loss. I mean, I just lost one of my closest friends just a couple weeks ago, Rod Martin, who has been a mentor and a friend for me and a staff member for years, last 14 years. He was my backpacking buddy and um, he died of, uh, of COVID uh, just a little, and that was hard and it was heavy. And uh, I mean, all of us, we felt some loss, haven't we? And we've all gone through some difficulties. But when I think about the church, when I think about us, man, I, w- I wouldn't go back. I just, I love who you are. I love who we are. Oh, thank you. God bless you. And I, yeah, that's really sweet. So, but I love how you are just, you are, you're doing it. And, and it's like, you mean it. And I don't care how big that blue line is. If it's people who are on fire for Jesus, I mean, it could be half of what it is. You know, I mean, there's so much power in 12 people can change the whole world, Right. And so to see you just hungry, like, we're going to take this thing seriously. And I've changed, and you've changed, and I wouldn't go back. I don't want to go back ever to church where it was kind of focusing on what I do and focusing, you know, on what this organization does. And I just, I want to be focused on what we do and how we are the ecclesia and how we are the church together. And I think it's beautiful and we're living out faith, and I just, I absolutely love it, and it's playing out in all sorts of different ways. And I want to show you, like, just one of the reasons. Like, I got a little uh, testimony here uh, from one of our members, and, and I want to show you how important one of those numbers is. We're just one person coming to Jesus, and I want to help, I hope it encourages you that you can be part of it. If you haven't seen that yet, it's not that hard. And I hope this testimony of one person who came to Christ, I hope it encourages you because it certainly encouraged me. If you go ahead and play that, please. I've had a real burden for my family, my wife's family, um, that everybody would come to have uh, a relationship with Jesus uh, like I have. Here to share my story with you. Um, I have always had faith in God. Um, I was raised Catholic and I stopped going to church about seventh or eighth grade. And then I felt like I was doing fine, on the right path, had a close relationship with God. Well, then I got diagnosed with a, a very rare and aggressive cancer that was already stage four this last September of this year. 
and it just changed my entire world. I uh, started to kind of um, have some panic attacks and some very high anxiety and depression. And I felt like I doubted, was I good enough to get into heaven? Was I a good enough person? And, and I thought about all of the mistakes that I'd made in my life and all the regrets and all the times that I was petty or just even downright mean. And, and did I have enough time to make up for all of that? It's not an easy thing sometimes to share your faith, uh, even with a family member. Sometimes I think it's even harder with them uh, than a total stranger. Back in September, my sister-in-law was diagnosed with cancer, um, stage four cancer and the Lord immediately laid on my heart that I needed to share with Christy um, my faith and explain to her what Jesus did for her. God was leading me to write a letter, so I put it down as simply as I could. I just shared my testimony, so I put the scripture verses that are in there that explain um, what Christ did and why we need to accept him, and I left it for her and kept praying. Um, that she would hear what God had to say. I came home one day and there was a letter on the counter from my sweet brother-in-law, Robert. It was a very beautiful and heartfelt letter explaining his faith and how he came to his faith and his desire for each of his family members to accept Jesus Christ as their savior. And it got me to really thinking, had I accept Jesus Christ as my savior? I thought I did but I didn't really exactly know what that meant. This led me to getting rebaptized, which was the greatest thing ever, which led me to getting back to church, which led me to actually reading the Bible for the very first time in my life and understanding God's words and his love and Jesus Christ, how he died for me and saved me and really understanding that for the first time, which led to my parents getting back into their faith after many, many years of not participating in it. And they both expressed to me how they are happier people and more at peace. And also my children, they have all expressed interest. They all took a Bible on Christmas Eve and they've all been reading it. And it's been so, rewarding to me and I'm so grateful. If I can do it, anybody can. Um, it's a little daunting sometimes or scary, um, but it doesn't need to be. It's the most important thing. It's the, we call the gospel the good news. It's the best news ever. Um, and I just would encourage everybody to, to share. I have come to realize through all this that sometimes life is just too big and a burden is too much to bear for you to do it on your own. And I'm so grateful that I have church and God and Jesus in this community that has been so supportive. And I am so grateful for all the kindness and the prayers that have been sent out for us. And I will be forever grateful for this change in my life. And I don't know how long I'm going to live. I guess none of us does but I will live the rest of my life with Jesus in my heart. And I'm so grateful for that. Thank you. Yeah, isn't that awesome? It's so good. And, and one of the reasons I wanted you to see that is that's one. 
That's just one of that 260 number, right? That's just one of that 128 kids. There's just one of the thousand or so people that are connected every week. I mean, every single one of you, you have a story of what God has done. And it is amazing, you know, to see in that one story that there's actually a bunch of other stories or kids, parents. I mean, it just reverberates. And, you know, the work that God does here in the middle of his church, showing the manifold wisdom of God, it just reverberates and it goes out and it touches so many different lives. And that's what's so exciting about this to me. And I just praise God. I'm so thankful. Here, here's a text I got actually uh, just last week. It says, I've been meaning to tell you this. My 10-year-old daughter raised her hand at Christmas Eve service to accept Jesus. Apparently, her hand was so low that no one saw it. But she went into the foyer. She got a Bible and her gift from Mrs. Weaver. She's been reading her Bible every day. And we've been doing the first 30 days book together. I asked her what made her raise her hand, and she said that Carl's words really spoke to her. You know, I'm not big on numbers, but that's why every single number matters. Because every single one, it's a story like one of those stories that just goes on forever and ever and touches lives. And so we're, this next uh, season, I, I'm really excited to preach next week. I'm not going to have any uh, graphs, no charts, I promise. And I, you know, in fact, during that uh, attendance part, I'm like, when is that guy going to stop talking? Oh my gosh. But I am so excited to start talking about what God is going to do and preaching about what God is going to do this next year. And overflowing is our theme. And I've actually, I felt like last year that God uh, asked me to reorganize the whole church. And I did. I reorganized the whole staff with help from the elders. And we organized around three words. And, And those three words are give, grow, and gather. And this is what it means. It means that we are going to be the ecclesia. We are going to be the church together. And, and my goal is not to see how much we can give away, and I want to keep giving things away, but it's to see everybody giving what God has given them. Your gift. It's everyone giving in ministry, serving in ministry. Everyone doing their thing reaching out to their neighbors, reaching out to their family, serving in children's ministry, serving in just some way, just for all of us to be beautiful. So, so we're looking at ways. We've, we haven't been great at the second one, was that, which is grow. And grow is discipleship. And so there's two things that I, I want to see everyone here do that every one of us needs to do is we need to find a place to serve, to give what we have. And the second is we need to find a place to grow, to be discipled. And so we're going to see that rise up. In fact, that's one of the reasons like uh, during um, Christmas Eve, those 85 who gave their lives to Jesus, we also said, well, now come and, and turn in a card so we can follow up. And they turn in that card and, and of that 85, 30 of them uh, got another gift and we can follow up and disciple them and help them go forward. And if, if you want to learn your place to give, your place to connect and serve, come tonight at six o'clock at the growth track. And we're going to start talking about that. And if you give us three weeks, I'll tell you what, this is our promise to you. We'll help you get started. We'll give you a place to start giving and growing. And then finally, we're going to gather. We're going to do it together. Because the church, you just can't have church alone. It's just not the way that God did it. He wants us to be one together, working together. And I I believe you guys are like butterflies. You're not like cockroaches. You're doing an amazing, amazing job. So uh, we're, gonna, we're starting the year right now with uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting.
And so I don't know if you've been joining us with that, but it's not too late. You can join in right now. We've got some of these books uh, out there. We're starting to run out of them, but you can find this online too. And it, uh, especially on page four, it gives uh, us a, we put together a 21 days of prayer guide and it's just different focus that we can have every day. In fact, today, day nine, we were praying for, I prayed this morning for strife, fear, and disunity in our country. Tomorrow, we're gonna pray for our youth and we're gonna pray for our future. And um, usually, just so you know, no, I am a horrible faster. I, I, I do everything you're not supposed to do in the Bible. I just look at I'm miserable, and I'm like, oh, I'm so hungry, and oh, that's all I think about is how miserable I am. But you know what? This week, uh, this first week, I did um, no solid food. I went to Denny's yesterday because that was the end, and it was glorious. So much grease. It was just, uh, oh. But... Um, and now I'm, it's no media. I, I, my phone is locked away. I'm not using any media at all because I'll check the email and do word processing and that's it. Everything else is off because I'm addicted to my phone. I, I really am. And so I'm putting that away and going to be focusing on prayer. But I got to tell you what, this um, for me, every morning has just been powerful. This has been the best fast time I've ever had. And so I want to ask you to just to join us in this. And even if you hadn't started, start right now and uh, jump in here and grab your prayer guide or get it online and, and come in. And, and because we really believe that uh, this isn't what I've done. It's not what you've done. It's what the Holy Spirit has done through us. This is God's church. It's his ecclesia. This is his work. He gets all the glory. We're doing it by him, for him, through him. And so uh, we're gonna start it with prayer because we need him and we wanna do it his way. So to close this service, uh, we're gonna pray actually uh, right now. But I thought like, well, I shouldn't lead this last prayer because it's the ecclesia, the church should be uh, leading this last prayer. So I'll give it over to Julie and we'll end together uh, in prayer because that's how we're launching things out. together to huddle and talk about our VIP strategy, which is vision, information, and prayer. Um, we end in prayer. It's very important as we huddle and talk about what's going on. And Jacob's parents serve on the team, and he's there with them every time. And one day we were just wrapping up in prayer, and I decided um, to do popcorn prayer. If you're not familiar with that, I start and just open it up for whoever wants to. Um, a couple grown-ups had prayed, um, kind of lull because no one was praying and because it's uncomfortable to pray sometimes, especially in front of other people and about other things. And um, I was about to wrap up when a tiny but strong little voice started to lead in the Lord's prayer. Jacob, he's five. He's in preschool. Um, he, so he started in on the Lord's prayer and he knew that Jesus had called him to do that. He was obedient in that. And as we teach kids and grace kids, to have authentic faith. We teach them that they don't have a junior Holy Spirit. They have the same Holy Spirit that you and I do. And we teach them how to use that. So he led the Lord's Prayer probably better than I could. I actually have it here because I might mess it up. Um, so he's gonna help lead us in that. And I hope you'll join us. And just, I hope that encourages you in your walk with Jesus to listen and to pray through these next um, 21 days of prayer. So he's gonna lead us. Will you join us? Father who art in heaven, hallowed be the name. The kingdom come, they will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
Do not lead us into temptation, deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Great job. Guys, that's the church. That's the church. You are the church. I am the church. We are the church. So let's go out there and be at the church. Come back next week. I can't wait to tell you what God's going to do to the church. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be exciting. I'm going to be able to preach instead of look at graphs. And so that'll be fun. But God bless you guys. Go out there and be the church. Proud of you. Thank you for the last year. God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in him. God bless you.